Sorry. This is Viewpoint with attorney and author Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is a one-hour talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. And now with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck Chrismeyer. Earth is a living creature, declared the Gaia Hypothesis, proposed by British atmospheric scientist James Lovelock and American microbiologist Lynn Margolis. It fed a near frenzy to embrace and promote a new scientifically authenticated paganism to undergird the emerging new world order. The name Gaia refers to the Greek goddess of the earth. The true spiritual nature of Gaia worship merges a revival of ancient paganism and pantheism with environmentalism, thus undergirding what globalists believe is an essential global belief system to draw all peoples of the planet into a fervor of environmental religiosity fostering an alternative unity to that of bringing the world into unity under God as creator. As the atmospheric scientist Lovelock proclaimed, Gaia is Mother Earth, Gaia is immortal, the eternal source of life. Welcome to Viewpoint. I'm Chuck Chrismeyer here on Earth Day, April 22nd. For the past 50 years, Earth Day has been celebrated by billions of people around the globe every April 22nd. The idea for Earth Day was originally born in 1969 when a U.S. senator named Gaylord Nelson witnessed the effects of a massive oil spill out there in Santa Barbara, California. And he called to action all Americans to take a stand for the environment in 1970. And thousands of colleges and universities across the United States organized protests for a healthy, sustainable Earth. Well, that included included air pollution from factories and freeways, as well as the loss of habitats for animals and animal extinction, including bugs. The first Earth Day helped create the United States Environmental Protection Agency and the Clean Air, Clean Water, and Endangered Species Acts into law that have elevated snails over people. But Earth Day still became globally popular, by 1990, about 200 million people were organizing and uniting, fighting for climate protections across 141 countries, and now it's come to 191 countries. And the theme for this year's Earth Day is climate change. Climate change. Well, we know the climate has been changing. It's been changing ever since creation. It's been changing every day and every year since creation even before humankind appeared on the Earth. The BBC, British Broadcasting Corporation, recently reported that if the entire world, though, became vegetarian and ate no red meat by 2050, food-related emissions would decrease by 60%. And if the world went vegan, instead, emissions would decrease around 70%. So, friends, you better start eating the bark on trees and... Uh, Get those veggies. Make sure your diet is full of spinach and roots. China, with her human population of 1.4 billion, is currently the top emitter of carbon dioxide, and we're continuing to feed 
her production by buying all of her stuff while she makes no effort whatsoever to control her emissions. Earth Day serves as a conscious reminder of how fragile our ecosystem can be, which is true, and how our actions can have positive or negative consequences on the world we live in. I don't think anybody would dispute the fact that our actions can have some kind of consequences. For instance, if you throw your trash out the window of your car as you're driving, you're soon going to have a very trashy roadway. No question about it. But to somehow think that humankind can control the environment, it might be a step too far and actually be catering to a new counterfeit messiah. The salvation by Mother Earth. Well, today on Viewpoint, we're going to be taking a look at the goddess revival, but more than that, we're going to be taking a look at environmental deification. It's the battle of Mother Earth versus Father God, and it's a battle for the souls of men. I hope you'll stay tuned, friends, because what you're about to experience here are some excerpts from my new book that is going to be coming out probably around August 1st, uh, I am now told. It is uh, Messiah, Unveiling the Mystery of the Ages, and there are many, many different messiahs. Uh, that are coming upon us to grab our attention and swerve us away from expectation of the Messiah promised in the Bible. So today we look at one of those, which happens to be environmentalism, the environmental deification. Please don't turn this off because, friends, what you're about to hear today in just the brief excerpts that I share with you are going to open your eyes to a much, much bigger picture that is taking place and has been taking place since uh, the mid-1960s, shortly after my wife and I were married. And uh, so this has a a fairly long trajectory, but not, not extremely long, because we're following a trajectory of the 1960s, which was a rebellion against all authority. It was not just the sexual revolution, but a rebellion against all authority, including God himself. So what we're experiencing in the goddess revival and in the elevation of Mother Earth under the Gaia hypotheses uh, is, in fact, the spillout of the sexual revolution, and the rebellion throughout the world, especially the Western world, in the 1960s. So, if you'll anchor your seatbelt, we're ready to move forward. Gaia, Earth, the mother of us all, being immortal, that's what a scientist says, and we should follow the science, right? If you're going to follow the science, you better believe in what the scientists say, so... Atmospheric scientist Lovelock says that Gaia is Mother Earth and she's immortal and the eternal source of life. So Mother Earth is not, well, God is not the source of life. No, it's Mother Earth, the eternal source of life. So Earth is eternal, we're told by the scientist. Well, how did Earth get here? 
Oh, no intent to explain, uh, explain that because that would be taking science too far. Because if we're going to do that in science, we can't allow, as one scientist said, a divine foot in the door. Therefore, we can't consider such options that Earth didn't always exist. So Earth's spirituality since 1979 with the Gaia hypothesis quickly became equated with Gaia worship to the applause of New Age leaders and ultimately by world leaders, including, by the way, popes and pastors pressing for salvation of the planet through a new world order. You see, it connects all the dots here. Oh, friends, and we've just started. We have just started. What you're going to hear today are just some minor excerpts from the book, Messiah, Unveiling the Mystery of the Ages. We've got to go through a lot of mysterious stuff before we get the real truth when you get a copy of the book in August. Once upon a time, children could pray and read their Bibles in school. Divorces were practically unknown, as was child abuse. In our once great America, virginity and chastity were popular virtues, and homosexuality was an abomination. So what happened in just one generation? Hi, I'm Chuck Chris Meyer, and I urge you to join me daily on Viewpoint, where we discuss the most challenging issues touching our hearts and homes. Could America's moral slide relate to the Fourth Commandment? Listen to Viewpoint on this radio station or anytime at saveus.org. In order to best understand the spiritual underpinnings and trajectory of goddess worship and the true spiritual soul of environmentalism, we have to begin with a brief display of the feminist movement referred to generally as feminism. So in the wake of the sexual revolution and rebellion against authority in the 1960s emerged this thing called the feminist revolution. In essence... What we're faced with now is the resurrection of ancient feministic paganism. It's now preached as a new, shall we say, gospel of feminine deification, which is necessary, get this, it's necessary for the ultimate worship of Mother Earth driving the underlying spiritual force of environmentalism. Yes, I said it correctly, spiritual force of environmentalism, which you are soon going to realize in the second half of this program today. In order for Mother Earth to save us from our environmental sins, Father God has to be removed from human consciousness so that the new global consciousness mandated by the New World Order, facilitated by the Great Reset, can be achieved, thus manifesting eternal or universal salvation. So I want you to consider the words of Naomi Goldberg. In 1979, she wrote a book called Changing of the Gods, Feminism and the End of Traditional Religions. Here's what she said. Jesus Christ cannot symbolize the liberation of women. A culture that maintains a masculine image for its highest divinity cannot allow its women to experience themselves as the equals of men. In order to develop a theology of women's liberation, feminists have to leave Christ and the Bible behind. Did you hear that? Oh, and that's not the end of it. 
going on and clarifying, explaining what she means, and total exclusion from each of the patriarchal religions means we need to look no further than to her further words. Listen to what she said. The feminist movement in Western culture is engaged in the slow execution of Yahweh. Yahweh is the word that the Hebrews used to refer to God, the creator. So, she says, the feminist movement in Western culture is engaged in the slow execution of God. But why would that be? Well, radical feminism's number one goal is to replace Judeo-Christianity with Mother Earth goddess worship. That is a quote. The execution of Yahweh, that is Father God, thus facilitated the global resurrection of universal creation worship. Since the God of the Bible had been rendered deceased, Mother Earth would now recover her so-called rightful pagan place, embracing humanity in her passionate arms to fulfill her promise of planetary salvation. It's amazing. It's utterly amazing, my friends. We're reverting back to ancient paganism in the name of global consciousness and the love of Mother Earth and the execution of the Creator, Father God. This is exactly what the Apostle Paul warned about in the book of Romans, chapter 1, friends, when he wrote that knowing God, they refuse to honor and glorify him as God. Therefore, their foolish minds and hearts become darkened and they begin to elevate the creation over the creator and worship the creation over the creator. And as a result of that, their behavior and their values, their moral values begin to deteriorate until they call that good which God calls evil, and call evil good. Thus, the advancement of every perversion under the sun, even by a president who purports to be this wonderful, profound, practicing Catholic. So what's happened here? is the mystical reemergence of pagan goddess worship under the banner of feminism, and it became the bridge. Here's the connection. It became the bridge to radical environmentalism as the ultimate primitive religion that was declaring man's ultimate sin to be not rebellion against the creator, but rather degradation of the environment. So by playing God to the earth, Humans, then, seek to become God themselves. It's a unifying dogma of collective self-salvation where humans emerge as their own Messiah, their own Savior. Now, you can understand now the connection with the book Messiah, Unveiling the Mystery of the Ages. And part of the mystery of the ages is what humankind has traditionally, historically believed to be their savior, 
Mother Earth. Gaia worship. And now, it's reoccurred all over again. So the only thing we learn from history, you see, is we don't learn from history. And those who don't learn from history, as Santiana once said, are doomed to repeat it. So now we shift with specificity to environmental deification. It's Mother Earth versus Father God. That's really what it is. Mother Earth versus Father God. So it's not man's, but Earth's destiny that now drives this pseudo-religious passions of the planet. Even on Earth Day, which started in 1970, few people would have expected it to become a globally observed religious holiday with its own Ten Commandments. Like, use less water, go vegan, save electricity, recycle, spread the word, and so on. They have their own evangelistic system. Now, Robert Nelson, a professor of environmental policy at the University of Maryland, wrote a book called Environment. He said, environmentalism has become primitive religion. This is the professor of environmental policy at a secular university, the University of Maryland. He said, environmentalism has become primitive religion. America's leading environmental historian, William Craner of the University of Wisconsin, calls environmentalism a new religion because it offers, quote, a complex series of moral imperatives for ethical action and judges human conduct accordingly, unquote. So, as Professor Nelson said, it's no mere coincidence that contemporary environmental prophecies virtually echo the same set of calamities warned by God in the book of Deuteronomy for the worship of other gods. Now, warning of the earth-rising seas, famine, drought, pestilence, hurricanes, and other natural disasters as the consequences of violating not idolatry, as God warned, but violating Mother Earth and its worship, the ultimate act of idolatry. So even without realizing it, Professor Nelson said, environmentalism is recasting ancient biblical messages to a new secular vocabulary. One environmental organization even declared that the most important commandment for human beings was to put Earth first. So the Bible says... Jesus was asked by the religious leaders of his day, what is the great commandment? He said, you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then there's a second like it, you should love your neighbors yourself. That's not the commandment of environmentalism. It's you should love earth more than yourself. There's no commandment to worship God because God now has been killed, executed by feminism, leading to environmentalism. So it seems that the Endangered Species Act now is the new Noah's Ark of planetary salvation. Earth Day now is the new Easter. Environmental religion is a deceptive disguise and therefore becomes attractive to those that are resistant to formal theologies and institutional Christianity. 
It draws and welcomes nominal Jewish and Christian people and nations who think of themselves as spiritual while vigorously rejecting any suggestion they should ever belong to a genuine religious faith. So, environmentalism then becomes the cornerstone for the coming new world order. And if you think that is not the case, wait till you hear what I share with you in the remainder of the program here today. You're listening to Viewpoint. I'm Chuck Chris Meyer. It's conversation is always with ever-increasing conviction, talk that transforms, and I trust that today is no exception here on Earth Day, April 22nd. <clears throat> now, I want to urge you, if you have been listening to this program uh, and you have found it to be valuable and perhaps even life-changing, I want to urge you to become a partner with us. We do not rely on any kind of commercial support for this program. Because if we did, they would have control over what was said or not said on the program. Notice what happens to people on radio and television when they run afoul of the uh, the cancel culture. And the cancel culture would even be even more severe against this program because we cut across and step on so many toes, whether it has to do with politics, whether it has to do with economics, whether it has to do with uh, religion and uh, our lives, uh, behavior, moral authority, and so on. We're cutting through it all here, like a knife through butter. But it doesn't market well in the general marketplace that demands to hear what they want to hear all the time. And don't you dare upset my equilibrium by telling me the truth. So, if you value what we do here, then I urge you to become a partner. There's several ways you can do that. You can uh, go to our website, saveus.org, and you can make uh, your generous donation there, or... You can also go to the website and actually sign up for a regular monthly donation. You can call it an automatic gift, and you determine the amount, give us the necessary information, your credit card and so on, and then every month we will uh, access that for the amount that you have stated. If you're concerned about uh, wanting to be able to change that, People do that all the time. Sometimes they will call us and say, we want to increase our donation now. So we say, fine. Sometimes they'll say, I need to reduce my donation. That's fine. Sometimes in financial distress situations, they'll call and say, I'm sorry, but I'm not going to be able to give right now. That's fine, too. So you can set that up uh, as an automatic gift right there on our website, saveus.org. Or you can give us a call at 1-800-SAVE-USA and do it all that way. 1-800-SAVE-USA. Or you can write to us at Save America Ministries. P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. That's P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. 
and you make your check payable to Save America, Save America Ministries, and uh, we will be thrilled. Uh, and quite frankly, if you believe that this ministry and this broadcast is honoring to the Lord, then your gift to it will be honoring to the Lord. I received an email today from someone who says, I am a longtime listener to your program. I'm from Massachusetts and wanted to take a minute to tell you how much I appreciate your program. I listen on my cell phone to all the broadcasts. Your program and books have helped me so much on my journey with the Lord. I think you may be one of the few people that is not afraid to speak the truth. You may not realize how much your teaching on end-time prophecy has been helping so many of us to prepare for what is coming. Thank you. Well, sister, I thank you for that uh, note, and I appreciate all the notes that people sent. We'll be right back. There is so much more about Chuck Chris Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, under the marriage section, God has marriage on his mind. Chuck has some great resources to strengthen your marriage. First off, a fact sheet on the state of the marital union, a fact sheet on the state of ministry, marriage, and morals. SaveUS.org. Marriage, divorce, and remarriage. What does the Bible really teach about this? Find all of this at SaveUS.org. Also, a letter to pastors, the Hosea Project, SaveUS.org, and many more resources to strengthen your marriage. It's all on Chuck's website, SaveUS.org. Again, you can listen to Chuck's Viewpoint broadcast live and archived. Save America Ministries website at SaveUS.org. Cornerstone for a new world order. That's what environmentalism is. The deification of the environment. Time magazine in its April 28th, May 3rd, 2021 edition said, climate is everything. It was right on the cover. Climate is everything. Really? But what does that mean? What does everything mean? Is the word climate somewhat of a, a euphemistic alternative to the term Mother Earth? Or does it even have greater messianic import? Oh, we're going to find out it has just that. Seducing mankind in unified worship of creation in hot pursuit of a resurrected, you could say, Garden of Eden utopia to be achieved by a new world order. Do you remember a fellow by the name of Mikhail Gorbachev? In 1990, the communist president of the former Soviet Union got a Nobel Peace Prize for his work in breaking up communism, supposedly. Well, he came to the United States, formed the Gorbachev Foundation in the U.S. at the former U.S. military base, the Presidio in San Francisco, and then began to systematically unveil his blueprint for a one-world government. Would you like to know what he had to say about it? Are you sure? Well, here it is. He said, mirroring this quest, mirroring this quest for a new spirituality, Gorbachev's website opened with these words. We need a new system of values, a system of the organic unity between mankind and nature and the ethic of global responsibility. 
So Gorbachev spoke as if there were he were seeking to replace Christianity with a new religious order in which humanism, which was central to communism, and pantheism, which was central to Eastern mysticism, all laced with Christianized terminology combined to unify the planet for the so-called greater goal of a new world order. So here's what he said. He declared it was unmitigated clarity. Here's what he said. The environmental crisis is the cornerstone for the new world order. Now, later we recall that COVID was the cornerstone for the new world order. No cornerstone. COVID was not the cornerstone. It was just another uh, event in world history to help catapult this new world order into its final existence by the end of 2030. So, Gorbachev, to that end, to establish environmental environmentals, environmentalism as the cornerstone for the new world order, fostered an all-encompassing planetary document called the Earth Charter. I happen to have a copy of the Earth Charter. Maurice Strong, the UN's top environmental activist, referred to that charter as a Magna Carta for Earth. In other words, the great freedom document for Earth. Gorbachev went even further, describing the charter as a new set of rules to guide humanity. Listen to what he said. My hope is that this charter will be a kind of Ten Commandments, a Sermon on the Mount, that provides a guide for human behavior toward the environment in the next century and beyond. That's almost a blasphemous statement, isn't it? Now, there are those who have been pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing uh, this whole issue of the climate. Believe it or not, the Pope is up to his eyeballs in it. It's of considerable note that both then-U.S. President Obama and then-Pope Francis joined hearts and voices for the United Nations adoption of the 2030 Agenda. When Pope Francis spoke to the United Nations on September 25, 2015, his speech served as the opening address to the 2030 Agenda Summit. The UN Secretary General Ban Ki-moon referenced the papal encyclical, encyclical on climate change called Laudato or Laudato Si, translated as Praise Be to You. Earlier at that White House, Pope Francis, embracing President Obama's climate change agenda, declared, Accepting the urgency, it seems clear to me that climate change is a problem which can no longer be left to our future generation. So the Pope is up to his eyeballs in this. The Secretary General declared we're in a race against time. Prince Charles, seven years earlier, warned that nations are a defining moment in the world's history. At the Rio de Janeiro summit, he declared his most impassioned and urgent plea yet for the world to unite to tackle global warming. He told 200 business leaders that the world has less than 100 months to save the planet. 
declaring we're all fighting for humanity, but we have less than 100 months before we risk catastrophic climate change. That was in 2009. 100 months is eight years. We're well past that. U.S. President Barack Obama, just nine months later, addressed the Copenhagen Climate Summit Conference, saying we're running out of time. But running out of time for what? Global salvation? A new gospel to grip popes and politicians and pastors and priests and the people as well? Compelling all to be true believers and conform our lives accordingly? Failing to commit the unpardonable sin of not believing in climate change as the ultimate sin require redemption? The word gospel means good news. So I want you to listen carefully to the carefully chosen words of our former U.S. Vice President Al Gore. On July 7, 2009, he was giving a speech. And he said, I bring you good news from the U.S. Why? He declared that the Congressional Climate Bill will help bring about global governance. Did you hear that? He declared that the Congressional Climate Bill will bring about global governance. Do you know what global governance is, friend? That's just another term for the New World Order. This is what it's all about. It's a counterfeit salvation movement. Forget about God. He's been killed by the feminist movement. Anti-patriarchy. Down with patriarchy, said a famous actress at the Academy Awards. So the drumbeats of urgency to avert climate catastrophe have reached a screaming crescendo now. Because the time for true global government and a new world order is now seen, not as a distant hope, but as a spiritual messianic mandate to be consummated gloriously by the year 2030, approximately 2,000 years after the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, the Messiah. Are you beginning to get the picture? Does the climate matter? Of course it does. We all want a good climate. We want the best climate that we can have. But we don't create the climate. It is sheer arrogancy to think that humankind creates the climate. So what's happening is a not-so-subtle shift. The earth beneath our feet is shifting. It's a spiritual shift. It's a monumental spiritual shift. 
And these kinds of shifts were foretold by Jesus as the birth pangs preceding the culmination of history before his prophesied second coming. So what is happening is, you could call it the emerging spirit of earth. The emerging spirit of earth. It might be kind of baffling, but there's a new story of spirituality that's spreading like a virus throughout our planet. And it's being manifested in what has been called the spirit of the earth. Not the spirit of God now, the spirit of the earth. But we're not even told in the Bible that the earth has a spirit. But now we're giving the earth a spirit. So if you're going to give the earth a spirit, then, as Spain did, we need to give chimpanzees human rights. You see where things are going. So this phrase, the spirit of the earth, was the thought product of Pierre Tillard de Chardin, a French Jesuit and paleontologist, whose famous philosophical thinking underlies the New Age movement and resulted in conclusions and projections concerning the interrelationship between religion, science, and evolution, and spirit and matter. There's a whole association, the American Tailhard Association, that publishes commentaries on his spiritual conceptions portraying the evolutionary development progression of the spirit of the earth. And these underlying convictions, prophetically prompted, have been described as the new story or the new gospel. It brings me to tears, by the way, friends. There's so much that I'd like to share with you about this, but we cannot do that today. But even spiritual leaders now, pastors, are grabbing on to this. I don't know whether they think it's cool or what they think, but they're grabbing on to this and gradually embracing it as the new story, the ancient Christian story is being replaced by the story of the earth as the new story of redemption and salvation. Stay tuned. Have you ever considered what the early church was like? Many people are developing a heart longing for a greater fulfillment in our practices as Christians. A recent study showed 53,000 people a week are leaving the back door of America's churches in frustration. What is going on? Why has there not been even a 1% gain among followers of Christ in the last 25 years? Could it be that God is seeking to restore first century Christianity for the 21st century? Jesus said, I'll build my church. Is Christ by his spirit stirring to prepare the church for the 21st century? The early church prayed together and broke bread from house to house. They were family, and it was said by all who observed, behold how they love one another. Incredible. But the same can be found right now. Go to saveus.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's saveus.org. Click Sell Church. Environmental salvation, the deification of the environment... 
the goddess revival all merging together as we increasingly worship Mother Earth while executing, gradually executing God. If you have not been able to listen to the early parts of this program today, I urge you to go back and pick it up on our website, saveus.org, where all of our programs can be heard again, recorded, they're heard there, and they remain there for about a year. So you can access them, saveus.org. Now, the story of environmental salvation is the ongoing story now. We're told, follow the science, right? So in compliant obedience, we're going to do that. Since the secular belief system declares science will save us. So scientism, for the secular mind, has become the new spirituality. It's a belief system that replaces or supplants a creator with an ever-evolving Mother Earth or nature. So the the creature or creation has now evolved into a modern idol to be worshipped. Just as the ancient pagans did, this is what took Israel down, by the way, off over and over again, and God sent forth prophets to warn them. We are reverting back. Not progressing forward, but reverting back. So, in reality now, the Earth has been given a 10-year survival warning for at least the last 50 years. Serially doomed by either global cooling or global warming. And so the story of environmental salvation continues awaiting the first coming of a global savior who through his one world government wisdom will unite the planet through despotically enforced environmental dogmas, bringing all then remaining denizens, occupants of earth into salvific compliance. His descriptive name is, friend, Antichrist, a scientifically imposed imposter savior messiah. Now, to find out more about that fellow, you might want to consider getting a copy of my book, Antichrist. That's my latest book. The next one coming out is Messiah. The last one was called Antichrist, How to Identify the Coming Imposter. $22 will put it in your hands. It's on our website, saveus.org, saveus.org. You can call us at 1-800-SAVE-USA or write to us at Save America Ministries, P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. Writing a check at $5 for postage in hand. Again, the book, Antichrist. How to identify the coming imposter. So, Never has a changing climate been seen as a man devised sin until science decided to confederate with the political councils of the New World Order, so as to seize this moment for establishing the Great Reset that is destined for world domination by the year 2030. Just as, by the way, Klaus Schwab, heading up the World Economic Forum, declared 
And just as it was embraced, the theme, the Great Reset and Build Back Better was embraced by Joe Biden for his campaign, and he's still talking about the theme Build Back Better, which is the theme of the New World Order. The globalist agenda of 2030. So, if we had the time, I would go back and give you a a fairly lengthy explanation of how this has developed over the past 50 years. But let me just say this. For those of you who are old enough, you will remember that in the 1970s, there was a warn about global cooling. In fact, we were warned that a mini ice age was on the way. You remember that? I have the documents in my hands, in my files to prove it. A mini ice age. People were wringing their hands. This was science, friends. We're told to follow the science. That was the science. A mini ice age on the way. Beware. The world is going to freeze over. You won't be able to grow anything. Famine is on the way. Then came global warming. So for 20 years or so, we heard the warnings of global warming. When things stopped cooling off and they began to warm. But isn't that exactly what climate does? It changes, it varies, and then there are bigger trends. And so there was some warming. That wasn't the issue. The real issue was, is man causing global cooling? Is man causing global warming? So if man was causing the global warming, then why have they forgotten that they said that man was causing the global cooling? You get the point? They'll say whatever they want to say in order to achieve a bigger agenda. And the bigger agenda is a mixture of scientism, not science, but scientism, which is a philosophical use of the word science in order to achieve ulterior motives and agendas. It's a belief system that requires an extraordinary amount of faith to believe in it. So the reality is, whether climate changes, which it does, always has, has humankind caused these changes historically? That's the real issue. Science cannot prove that. In fact, the latest scientific postulation is that after a period of gradual global warming, the Earth is now poised to enter a dark, cold winter. Because a 206-year cycle of solar and planetary warming and cooling has been established through historic research and climate science. Have you been hearing about that? No, you won't hear about that, because it doesn't support the narrative. You'll have it all available to you in my upcoming book, Messiah, 
unveiling the mystery of the age. So, let's meet the church of global warming. When science becomes religious, demanding belief in its theories as dogma, and in its its prognostications as prophecy, it actually has become a new faith system. And unfortunately, this scientific faith and its precepts are not permitted to be accepted by free will, but have to be accepted by force, threat of force, or by fear. So, meet the Church of Global Warming. Ian Plimmer, a geologist and professor at Adelaide University in Australia, as a popular world of scientific theorism was making its shift from global warming to climate change, he challenged the new scientific claims of man-made climate change, which he called the current environmental orthodoxy of the new religion. He made abundantly clear the religious fundamentalism of this new climate change movement in an article in the Vancouver Sun. Here's what he said. Purging humankind of its supposed sins of environmental degradation has become a religion with a fanatical and often intolerant priesthood, especially among first world urban elites. Anthropogenic global warming is little more than a trick on the public perpetuated by environmental fundamentalists and callously adopted by politicians who love nothing more than an issue that causes public anxiety. The dynamic and changing character of the Earth's climate has always been known by geologists. These changes are cyclical and random, and they are not caused or significantly affected by human behavior. So what we have then is the re-deification of Earth, friends. The, re- the re-deification of Earth. In other words, making Earth a god. And it's leading to something desperately serious for all of us. It's going to become more and more seductive because the force or threat of force to compel every man, woman, and child to embrace it is coming rapidly, just as governments around the world, including our own CDC and Dr. Fauci and so on, compelled Americans to close their churches, put on masks, and hide from the rest of society and the world for two years. It was done by force or threat of force. People losing their jobs. The military being purged of so-called rebels who refused to get vaccines that were causing many of the soldiers to die. But you had to comport because science rules. But we discovered later that it wasn't science, that science had nothing to do with wearing masks. In fact, it had been proven that the wearing of masks had almost nothing to do with protecting from a virus like COVID. It's all an effort to try to unify a new earth 
faith in the name of science. So, Larry Rasmussen, a professor of social ethics at New York's Union Theological Seminary, very liberal guy, writes on behalf of the World Council of Churches in his book titled Earth Community, Earth Ethics. Part two is called, get this, Earth Faith. Earth Faith. He says, Earth Faith is about renewable moral spiritual energy in the inner recesses of humanity's mysterious, uncompromising, unfathomably and divinely inspired soul as directed to an earth-honoring faith. Earth faith is incurably religious and moral, he said. The stimulus is the less the nature of human nature than the prospect of intensified unsustainability. So, Dr. Rasmussen is saying that it's not humankind that needs salvation, in his relationship to the God of creation, but rather it's the earth that needs salvation for the ravages of man. So it's the ultimate ecumenical cause to draw all people and races and nations and religions and all pollocks into global oneness for a new ecumenical unified redemption, the moral imperative of whole earth justice. So he writes with a passion concerning the World Council of Churches and its World Convocation of Justice, Peace, and the Integrity of Creation held in Seoul, Korea. Here's what he said. He exalts in the closing worship in which a replica of the planet was presented so that the entire assembly representing most of historic Christianity and every race and religion was invited to come forward and lay hands quietly on the earth. He describes the turn to earth as an imperative of Christian faith itself. To turn toward God now meant not to return to God, but to turn toward earth. Shocking? Well, it might be instructive to know where Pope Francis and the Vatican stand in this evangelistic push, where in might of environmental ecumenicity, the Vatican held a special conference in 2015 to which Pope Francis summoned the scientists and all the religious leaders and declared his total support for this new Earth faith. Hmm. Thanks for joining us here on Viewpoint today. I hope this has been instructive, helpful, and remember, the book is coming out in August. Messiah, Unveiling the Mystery of the Ages. God bless and be a blessing. You've been listening to Viewpoint with Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is supported by the faithful gifts of our listeners. Let me urge you to become a partner with Chuck as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation. Join us again next time on Viewpoint as we confront the issues of America's heart and home.